Joining us on the phone right now, Raymond Kelly, the longest serving police commissioner in the history of this city. And he was just a couple of months away from taking over the NYPD for the second time right after Bloomberg got elected and they set up. um, I don't think we've seen anything like it ever or at that point in history, a police department equipped to fight terrorism and to detect plots against New York. They set up a whole big brand new apparatus. Uh, Commissioner Kelly, also known as dad around my house. Uh, are you there? I am, Greg. How are you? Hey, good to talk to you. And, uh, hey, first of all, where were you on September 11, 2001? Where, when, when you got the news that we were under attack, where were you? Yeah, I was working for Bear Stearns. I was not in government at the time. It was between my two stints in, in government. I was in the breakfast room in midtown Manhattan. Someone came in and said a small plane had hit the World Trade Center. And, uh, you know, people were sort of shrugging. And then just a few minutes later, they came in and said there was a second plane. It was obvious that it was a, a terrorist event. I, I went to, uh, I left the building. I went to the site of a new building just a block away that we were that we were constructing, and uh, I tried to calm people down. Apparently, there was a, a panic. It, it, I was told there was in, in the building, and uh, ultimately, I made my way up to the top floor. And at that time, we were we could see the top of the World Trade Center, and, and then all of a sudden, someone said to me, "Look, look at that! The building started to crumble." It was a, oh, my God. You know, it was just such an incredible sight, so hard to believe. But it started slowly going down and, you know, behind the skyline. I couldn't, uh, you know, could no longer see it. But you knew, I knew, thousands of people had to be killed in that in a horrendous uh, event. Uh, you know, it was it was such a... a Earth-shaking event, and it was a it was a watershed event in New York City. We had been attacked once before in 1996 at the World Trade Center. It was uh, I was the police commissioner then, and uh, we uh, didn't know really what the cause was. Uh, only six people died, but thousands were were injured. But we, I think, put an awful lot of faith as a government into the federal, the federal establishment to protect us, to let us know what was going on. And it was clear at that event on September 11th that the federal government could no longer protect New York City. Uh, we had to do everything we could to protect the citizens uh, of New York. We felt that very much alone. We weren't looking to uh, supplant the federal government. We were looking to supplement it, but we knew we had to do a lot of things to to better protect the city, and that's what the Bloomberg administration uh, engaged in. You were uh, were downtown. I know that. Your mother was in the in, in Europe, so I, I knew your your brother was okay too. He was downtown so, as well, and you right. couldn't uh, you could not live at home for a couple of months because uh, 
Uh, Ray Kelly was living with his wife at in Battery Park City, which is right next door, literally right next door. And the building was out of commission. I mean, it was uninhabitable for how long about? For two months. And uh, then it took a gradual amount of time to, to get back. Uh, you know, it just didn't come all at once. But the, even accessing the building was very, very difficult from from there on. Hey, you but, said um, something about not being able, like the protecting New York, and we had to do it. We had to take our, uh, you know, we just couldn't sit back and let them do it. How did the federal government, how did they do over the over the next dozen years while you were the commissioner? I mean, how would you rate them? I think New York did superbly and thwarted 12 terrorist attacks, 16 terror plots and, you know, state of the art. And it was just, uh, but you, you worked closely with them, the FBI, CIA, and I don't know. I mean, how would you, at the end of all that, what, what was your takeaway? Are, are they good? Are they getting, are they mediocre? Are they bad? Are they okay? Uh, what, how would you size up the federal yeah, government? I think it's a combination of a, of a lot of that. It depends on individuals. It depends on units. Uh, and look, we had no successful terrorist attacks during the the uh, 12 years of the Bloomberg uh, administration, even though we had 16 plots against the, uh, the city. And that was stopped as a result of good work on the part of the federal government, good work on the part of the NYPD, and just sheer luck. Uh, but it was obvious that they wanted to come in and wanted to attack uh, New York City. We invested a lot of money in the Bloomberg administration. We hired people from the federal government, from outside agencies, retired people, FBI, CIA, uh, BIA, all of these federal agencies. We brought them in. We had David Cohn come in, who was the 35-year veteran of the CIA, Help put together our intelligence operation. We had Frank Labuti, who was a general in the Marine Corps in charge of all Marines in the, in the Pacific. He had just retired. We brought him on board. We brought in analysts from a lot of different places. David Cohn said it was the best analytical group he ever worked with. We assigned uh, New York City police officers overseas in 12, 12 countries to act as trip wires and listing listing posts to see if anything uh, was going coming our way. Right. Uh, we, we we wanted to uh, have a good relationship with those with those countries uh, as well. Exchanging uh, information, we uh, honed our language skills. We had. A, hey, actually, can I ask uh, you about the uh, the language thing? There are, yeah. <laughs> there are like some sensitive languages that, let's face it, a lot of terrorists uh, use. I mean, a lot of great people use the same language, but terrorists, uh, languages like, um, well, Arabic and um, Urdu and uh, the NYPD actually has, believe it or not, I, 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 this was true then. I don't know if it's true now, but we had a lot more speakers, the officers did, of these foreign languages than the CIA actually did. Is that right? Absolutely. And not only that, we had speakers of the dialect. We knew what was being spoken on the streets of Karachi because we had people who were brought up on the streets of, uh, of Karachi. So we knew we knew the, the fine points of so many of these uh, 
these languages. It was a, it was a great help. It was a, an immense help to have that insight. These were not people from Middlebury, Middlebury College who learned the language. These were people who were born with the language, and it, it helped us. We had one-time speakers of uh, people born, I should say, in 106 foreign countries who were New York City police officers. So that gave us tremendous diversity, and I think it gave us a, a lot of insight into what was uh, what was going on. You know, we, it, it it wasn't easy, but we did have that expertise from the from the federal agencies, uh, veterans that we brought on board to help us uh, work with these languages, and it was it was something that was. Uh, it, it, I hope it's still. Um, helping today, I'm not. I'm not certain. Well, but it certainly helped in those in those days. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. For a dozen years, they tried to attack New York City. They didn't. Quite frankly, you and Bloomberg left. The Blasio comes in and uh, terrorism happens all over the place. Uh, kind of downplayed by the fake news, but it was a, it. no kidding, you can kind of pinpoint it to the day. Uh, the bombings in uh, on 23rd Street, that was Islamic uh, extremism, terrorism. Uh, that maniac on the West Side Highway there who mowed down all those people with a truck, killed those bikers from Argentina, exactly. Islamic terrorism. Yeah, the police officers attacked as well by radicals and attacked the hatchet, if you, if you recall. And by the way, the 23rd Street bombing, something that was missed, was that was in front of a Jewish uh, art gallery. Uh, and it had a Jewish name that uh, uh, no one seemed to pick up on, but it, it, it certainly, I think, added to uh, the <laughs> you know the reasons why this uh, this happened. And it wasn't so, just like yeah, we, we, it wasn't just like a new mayor. Okay, the timing or anything like that. It was messaging from De Blasio. It was messaging from the new administration. You know, we're not going to have a demographics unit. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're going to be kinder and gentler. We're not going to profile. Not that you guys were profiling at all, actually. You you followed the evidence. You followed the leads. But he did not understand any of that. He went with a caricature version that he wanted to believe about the NYPD and said, well, we're going to reform all that. As I like to say, he pretended to fix what wasn't broken. And I think the terrorists were listening, and they exploited that. They took advantage of that. And we have dead people as a result in New York. That's my opinion. And I think you're right on, Greg. You know, they settled all sorts of lawsuits 
uh, all sorts of lawsuits in the uh, the Blasio administration. They just uh, agreed with virtually everything that the plaintiffs uh, brought uh, against the department. There was nothing that ever went to trial, nothing they were willing to try. It was I thought it was disgraceful. You know, you, you don't you don't give up without a fight. We were not doing anything that was uh, you know unconstitutional. We had the top lawyers advising us. Andy Schaefer, a Harvard graduate, Harvard criminal law uh, attorney, uh, Doug Maynard. These are people from top law flight law firms that advised us on everything that we were doing. It's- so the notion that this was somehow uh, you know, uh, willy-nilly unconstitutional, which is simply wrong. It's and another example of, of the fake news just being fake and stupid and not having the bandwidth, not having the attention span, and just going with easy narratives, easy liberal narratives, uh, and they do such a disservice. And quite frankly, uh, people can die. <laughs> people can die. It's uh, it's yeah. true. It's true. Hey, how about this? Um, you know, <laughs> Terrorists were trying to come and destroy New York. Um, and Mayor Adams, Eric Adams, Eric, as we like to call him, is completely overwhelmed, running around like a chicken with his head cut off with these migrants. Now, I know it's a big problem, but he just said New York is going to be destroyed, and he's just running around in a panic. Um, <laughs> I Just thank God, you know, right now we're not under a terrorist attack, because if he, if he is driven crazy by that, I don't know what he would do with something uh, more serious. And it's a serious problem, the migrants. But what would you do if you were in power regarding the migrants? I mean, I, part of it is it wouldn't be a problem if you were in power because you wouldn't have invited them here. You you would not have gone running around using the sanctuary city phrase and come here, which he did, and picking a fight with uh, the governor of Texas and all that stuff which a lot of this is a result of him basically asking for these migrants to come here. What would you do, though? Well, this is clearly a problem for the president of the United States to address. And you just can't beat around the bush. That is the reason for it. He could shut down the border tomorrow. He could go back to state in Mexico, which was a provision under the Trump administration. No, none of that is done. So, so, I mean, I, I think it's it certainly be more than reasonable to say we've had enough here. We can't take any more. That's it. We're, we're stopping the buses from coming into the city. They're going someplace else. They're going to Washington. They're going to Delaware someplace else. That would be eminently reasonable. I don't know what court would say, hey, you can't do that. I mean, when you go to court, uh, you know, this is this is a winner. For, for the city, yet there's no there's no litigation as far as I know in terms of trying try to put that in, in place. There's some kind of weird political motive here that's hard to figure out other than to increase uh, you know, voting and voters in the, in the Democratic Party, I guess. Uh, but it, it, no, it, it, it is an issue that the federal government and the federal government alone can handle, can control, and the only ones that can uh, that can stop it. This is not brain surgery. This is not that complex. You know, they're coming in here. You, know, you have a hundred thousand in, in, in the city. 
Well, what is that going to mean in the future? What's it going to mean for schools? What's it going to mean for jobs? What's it going to mean for, for you know, hospitals? You know, all of those things are, are are going to be and are being impacted by this. And it's, yeah. it's incredibly, incredibly short-sighted. And obviously, for some political reason, it's being, it's, it's being uh, uh, continued. Votes, votes. They think they can, uh, and globalists, maybe they want the cheap labor. Well, look, uh, Ray Kelly, Commissioner Ray Kelly, two times a commissioner, 92 to 94 and 2001 to 2013, uh, longest serving ever. There will never be one like him. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 